Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, lawmakers grill representatives of Liberty VI over service quality in the territory. The Virgin Islands Police Department makes several arrests and confiscates high-powered firearms and drugs on the island of St. Croix. The Department of Health will be hosting pediatric lead-level screenings in the St. Thomas-St. John District. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. The Public Service Commission is now authorized to accept customer service complaints regarding cellular service in the territory. While limited in its capacity to mandate resolutions to those complaints, lawmakers learned from PSC Executive Director Sandra Satori the scope of complaints the commission has received so far, largely attributed to Liberty VI. Wireless complaints from customers regarding incoming and outgoing calls and text messages, delayed text messages, issues with group texting, dropped calls, poor coverage in certain areas, number portability issues, customer billing issues, and the quality of service issues. Liberty VI's new country manager, Ravindra Mewalal, fielded questions from lawmakers with a seemingly disgruntled Senator Franklin Johnson asking specifically about credits to customers. Your system continues shutting down and it says SOS. When that occurs, why is Liberty not giving credit to its customers? Once a customer comes in and we were able to verify that there was an outage, uh, we will tend to, to give that customer credit for that period. That, that, that's, that's not as satisfying to me. Senator Johnson, displeased with the response, cited long lines in Liberty's storefronts and exclaimed that he too was a customer and frustrated with the service stating it took him an entire day for his phone to be reconnected to the network. Catherine Kling, Director of Commercial Sales, responded to the Senator's comments. The SOS message does not necessarily mean that the network is down. Okay? In, very, in various situations, uh, a simple power cycle of the device will get the device back in service. SOS typically shows when the migration has started in that particular device, or there's a, there's a missing link between the, the network and the device during the process. If the customer comes to us and we, we provide credits for those services. Excuse me, excuse me. Every time that I receive a SOS, I have to shut my phone off, leave it off for a couple minutes, then turn it on in order to get service. What are you saying to me? Mr. Mewalal's response attempted to placate Senator Johnson stating that Liberty would do a deep dive to identify service numbers affected by the issues and work to remedy the problem. The Virgin Isles Police Department executed warrants in what they called Operation Top Shatas. Seizing high-powered rifles and drugs, Chief Detective of the Criminal Investigative Bureau, Naomi Joseph, has the details of the operation. At um, 111B Estate, Smithfield, we recovered a Glock 40 that was used in the commission of the crime that we went there for initially, which was a assault third. 
um, where two individuals attacked another and then fired a shot at him. So we were able to retrieve that firearm and then find um, vials of marijuana and a, and a large sum of money, which tells us that this is a home of a dealer. From the home, they recovered 143 live marijuana plants and an estimated 50 to 60 plants that were dried for distribution. They also executed a second warrant in the Scion Farm neighborhood. Back on October 18th, Jose Quinones III, along with another individual who we have already arrested, fire shot after two police officers when they were trying to make a traffic stop. And just before that incident, on October 8th, they fire shot after two individuals who had just left from Glen Gas Station, and they light them up. Officers recovered a reported AK-47 firearm that was used in the incident. We got all the guns that was used in three reckless endangerment attempted murder cases and found 143 life plants. Um, so we arrested Jose Quinones III on, for the two, plus now for the guns and the drugs. Um, currently, his bail is excess of a million dollars. Um, Mr. Randy Morales was with Jose Quinones when they attempted to kill two individuals by Glynn. His bail is $500,000. St. Croix Police Chief Sean Santos reminded residents that marijuana is still illegal in the territory. Those of you who are out there growing marijuana, pick up the code, Virgin Islands code, look it over, make sure that you're within the guidelines as far as in possession of marijuana so that you do not get in trouble. Because we're gonna still be out there um, looking for these illegal acts. Chief Santos closed by saying the department would continue its efforts to remove illegal firearms off the streets. In a recent update, the two men arrested for the murder of hurricane recovery contractor Derek Cribb on St. Croix have been indicted in the 2018 robbery homicide that occurred at the Castaways Bar and Restaurant. According to court documents, Enoch Cole and Giovanni Smith were charged with Hobbs Act robbery, discharge of a firearm during a crime of violence, use of a firearm during a crime of violence resulting in death, use of a minor in a crime of violence, and first-degree murder. Their initial appearance is set for February 1st before U.S. Magistrate Judge Emil Henderson III. The case is being investigated by the ATF, the Homeland Security Investigations, the FBI, and the Virgin Islands Police Department as part of the Department of Justice's Project Safe Neighborhoods Initiative. If convicted, Cole and Smith could face a maximum penalty of life imprisonment or death. The Department of Justice also announced that a St. Thomas man, Tahir Donadell, pleaded guilty before U.S. Magistrate Judge Ruth Miller to possession with intent to distribute fentanyl. According to court documents, on September 8th of 2022, Donadell arrived at the Cyril King Airport in St. Thomas from Atlanta, Georgia. During a random screening of incoming flights, Customs and Border Protection officers inspected Donadell's suitcase and later observed as he retrieved the suitcase from the luggage carousel. Officers searched Donadell's luggage and found three packages containing 964 light blue pills. DEA laboratory testing later confirmed that the pills contained 109 grams of fentanyl. At sentencing, Donadell faces up to 20 years in prison and a fine of $1 million. 
During his State of the Territory address, Governor Bryant spoke of the effects of fentanyl in the territory as the opioid crisis on the U.S. mainland continues to grow. He stated the Department of Justice has secured more than $1 million in opioid settlements and judgments to combat the growing epidemic, and the funds would be administered through the Department of Health. The national opioid epidemic that started in the late 90s is now an active problem in this territory. Fentanyl, a synthetic opioid that is up to 50 times stronger than heroin, heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine, is a major contributor to fatal overdoses in the U.S. Unfortunately, it is now here in the territory. Last year, there were three confirmed deaths due to fentanyl overdoses. Three deaths are three too many. Governor Bryan also shared that the Division of Behavioral Health hosted a planning meeting earlier this month to create a territory-wide opioid overdose prevention task force. Senate Minority Leader Dwayne DeGraff commended the governor for being proactive about the issue. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're looking at it, but education, um, education in the community as to what fentanyl is, uh, what opioids really are, you know, uh, people here. So we're, getting, we're going down the road of cannabis, and people have always said cannabis is a gateway drug. But again, um, I think responsible education to what is actually happening in the territory and to address it right now, nip it in the bud. Although Governor Bryan stated that they did not believe the territory has a water crisis caused by the presence of lead and copper in the water distribution system, the Department of Health is continuing its efforts to conduct pediatric lead level testing in children. We spoke with territorial epidemiologist Dr. Esther Ellis ahead of testing that's to start next week in the St. Thomas-St. John District. On Tuesday, we're starting at VI Montessori. Um, Wednesday, we'll be at uh, Yvonne Milliner Bowski Elementary. Thursday, Joseph Sibley Elementary. Friday, Joseph Gomez Elementary. And then that next week, we'll be at Ola Mueller, Julius E. Sproul, Lockhart, Jane E. Tewitt. And then um, the following week, Newton Academy, Minds in Motion, Sunbeam Preschool, Sunshine Bear Day Care and Preschool, the UVI Inclusive Child Care Facility, Beyond Bright Day Care, and Handy Spandy Preschool. Dr. Ellis says testing is being expanded to every school in the district. So if you're listening and you didn't hear your school called and you definitely want to participate, you feel free to call our hotline. That's 340 340- Seven one two six two nine nine. The pediatric blood screening, also known as a finger prick sample, is the first step in checking a child's blood for lead content. To date, she says the department has tested one thousand two hundred and seventy individuals on Saint Croix. We did find three positives and have completed home assessments for all of those three. And did actually find lead in the home for all three um, in cookware as well as lead uh, in the floor tiling. Dr. Ellis reiterated the importance for children six and under to get tested for lead. All children uh, nationally should be tested for lead between the ages of nine months and one year. And uh, we know that uh, hasn't always been happening here, so we're encouraging everyone six and under to take advantage of this opportunity to get tested on St. Thomas and St. John. The Virgin Islands Department of Education is asking for assistance related to a recent act of vandalism on a school bus. Communications Director Shayla Solomon has the details. 
We are actively reaching out to parents, guardians, and students for assistance regarding a recent act of vandalism that occurred on Monday, January 22nd. This took place on bus number 17 as it was transporting students from the Sincroy Educational Complex High School to the Paradise Williams Delight area. In pictures the department shared, multiple seats were ripped, stuffing was pulled out and scattered, and trash littered the floor of the school bus. As a result of the damage being suffered by the bus, we had to suspend transportation services on that route. Uh, this is just a temporary suspension as the department undergoes an active investigation regarding the matter. We are asking for the full cooperation of students who may ride that bus and there is an anonymous compliance line that students can call in with information on the matter. They do not have to provide their name. That telephone number is 1-800-403-2461. That number again is 1-800-403-2661. They can also visit www dot vide compliance line dot com and through the compliance line you are able to share any information regarding the matter and not just the bus incident if there are any concerns that students may have it is an independent organization operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they can share their complaints or concerns. So once again, we are notifying parents and guardians that we are seeking their assistance as this investigation is ongoing to the vandalism of bus number 17. Thank you. Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett recently held a pen and pad conversation with the press and discussed the 10% match of federal funds the territory is required to provide after receiving billions in federal funds for recovery projects. Under federal law, there is a mechanism called the Insular Areas Act, which allows small territories, not including Puerto Rico, to be able to have that 10% match waived. And that's at the, um, not legislatively, but through the federal government itself. My office has talked with the governor. I know the governor has made multiple requests to have that waived. Um, our office initially told the governor that we felt he should uh, ask for critical infrastructure to have that waived. That infrastructure includes such projects like our hospitals, schools, and police stations. We're glad to say that the governor is now making that request that it be for critical infrastructure. But I think the second point that is going to be critical to the Virgin Islands getting it waived is for us to demonstrate that we are good stewards of the funding, um, that we are able to have mechanisms to move the money along, that there are not tremendous overruns, and that we are working expeditiously to get the money on the ground. Delegate Plaskett says the 10% match is the federal government's way of keeping the local government to task and on track with how federal funds are spent. This month, the Virgin Islands Department of Health's Office of Vital Records and Statistics took its first significant step towards the goal of going fully digital. Commissioner Justa Incarnacion says the endeavor has been an undertaking they've been looking forward to. We have one of two jurisdictions who have not been digital for vital stats and so it's really huge that we're able to do this so i want I, I really want to commend dr 
Lorraine, Benjamin, Matthew, and her team for making this happen. It was one of the first things that I put in front of her as a challenge and as, as well as something that we know the governor and digitalization is one of his primary goals. And so we wanted to make this happen. And um, in March, um, we should have, uh, we actually started in December, mm-hmm. where we, the educational process and the implementation started. So it'll be fully um, open to, to, actually to the community in March of this year as well. The birth module will allow for direct automated reporting to the National Association for Public Health Statistics and Information Systems via the state and territorial exchange of vital events, a data exchange system. What we're doing right now with VitalSat allows us to begin the HIE process. We're talking about health information exchange. So this gives us the ability to store information, pull information, and share information. The birth module is one of six major components of the Vital Records Information Management System that will be automated by March. Non-hospital births, however, will continue to be recorded manually. The St. Croix Saturdays Farmer's Market, usually located at the Rudolph Schulterbrand Complex Agriculture Fairgrounds, will temporarily relocate to the Lorraine Farmer's Market on February 10th, 17th, and 24th in observation of the 2024 Agriculture and Food Fair. The market will return to its usual location on Saturday, March 2nd. For more information, contact the Department of Agriculture's Marketing Program Manager, Maxine Richards, at 340-778-0997, extension 3328. In an update from our previous conversation with Executive Director Carlton Dow of the Virgin Islands Port Authority, the Authority and Tropical Shipping have officially signed agreements between the two entities that will aim to advance projects to rehabilitate and expand the Crown Bay Cargo Port in St. Thomas and the Wilfred Bomba Alec Port and Transshipment Center in Kraus Lagoon on St. Croix. Director Dow and Tropical Shipping President Timothy Martin executed the long-term lease agreements earlier this week at a meeting held at Tropical's headquarters in Riviera Beach, Florida. Port Authority partnered with Tropical Shipping and Crowley to apply for and was awarded $21.9 million from the U.S. Maritime Administration in October of 2020. The grant will be used to repair and modernize the cargo handling and storage infrastructure at the Crown Bay Sandfill Cargo Facility. In November of 2023, the Maritime Administration announced that the territory was awarded another $22 million for the repairs and improvements of the Wilfred Bomba Alec Port and Transshipment Center in St. Croix, known locally as the Container Port. The bulkhead at the facility will be rehabilitated and the concrete apron will be restored. The cargo storage areas are also slated for reconstruction, and the project will also include security improvements at the port, such as lighting, fencing, and fire protection. Lawmakers recently voted on a resolution sponsored by Senators Milton Potter, Carla Joseph, and Alma Francis Heiliger to honor and commend the former finance commissioner, Mrs. Bernice Turnbull, for her lifetime of service and dedication to the people of the Virgin Islands. Senator Potter said it was important to honor those committed to the territory. It has always been my steadfast belief that progressive communities honor, commend, and recognize their own when they achieve excellence. And for those who have dedicated their lives to public service. Without question, Ms. Bernice Turnbull is one such individual. 
Attorney Joanne Bazzuto provided testimony in support of the commendation. Under her direction, finance embraced technology in every area, from vendor payments to government payroll to direct deposits and to the do running all the income tax return, refunds for the Virgin Islands Bureau of Internal Revenue, where I was director from 1995 to mid-1997. Senator Kenneth Gittins announced his intention to further honor Mrs. Turnbull. We got to do something else. So I'm asking colleagues to let's add to this that we will name the finance office building in your honor. And I am set to submit that uh, bill draft along with my colleagues and, and this committee so that we can actually make sure that this happens. The bill was voted upon favorably in committee and will be moved to the full body for further consideration. As we update the WTJX news feed, we're turning now to our regional report. The American founder of a Haitian orphanage who had charges of sexual abuse against him dropped in Haiti was set to appear in federal court today on new charges brought on by U.S. authorities. Michael Gellenfeld, 71, is accused of traveling from Miami to Haiti for the purpose of engaging in illicit sexual contact with another person under the age of 18. That's according to a January 18th grand jury indictment issued in Florida. According to the indictment, the incidents are alleged to have taken place between November 2006 and December of 2010. During this time, Gillenfeld was reportedly operating the St. Joseph Home for Boys Orphanage. The charges carry a maximum sentence of 30 years in prison. Gillenfeld made an initial appearance in court on Monday, where prosecutors were granted their request that he be kept in custody while the new case against him proceeds. Today's hearing was set to present evidence to show why he should continue to be held behind bars and also start the process of extraditing him from Denver, Colorado to Miami to be prosecuted. There's a possibility for scattered showers and high winds will remain strong with gusts up to 35. We're turning now to the territory's weather forecast. Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We'll find mostly sunny skies this afternoon. There's the chance for a few scattered showers near sunset. Breezy too. Highs reach the middle 80s at St. Croix. Winds from the east-northeast at 25 to 30 miles per hour. Gusts close to 35. At St. Thomas and St. John, highs are similar in the middle 80s. Winds from the east at 25 to 30 with gusts close to 35. We'll find scattered showers area-wide tonight under mostly cloudy skies. Lows will fall back into the middle 70s at St. Croix. Winds from the east-northeast at 15 to 20 miles per hour, gusts close to 25. At St. Thomas and St. John, lows similar in the middle 70s. Winds remain strong from the east-northeast at 20 to 25 with gusts close to 30. And Friday features a blend of sunshine and clouds area-wide. Scattered showers are also expected in the afternoon, especially at St. Thomas and St. John. Highs at St. Croix reach the middle 80s. Winds from the east at 15 to 20. And at St. Thomas and St. John's Similar story, highs in the middle 80s. Winds remain stronger from the east at 20 to 25, with gusts close to 30. That's the latest look at the short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX News Feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts. 